It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, back to your huddle. On Giants.com. Tempo, tempo, tempo. And the Giants mobile app. Go, 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 Part go. Part of the Giants podcast network. Yeah. All right, welcome to another episode of the Giants huddle podcast. John Schmelk, Sean O'Hara, still in the radio booth right after the Giants lost to the Jets in their first preseason game. And, Sean, we know the final score doesn't matter, which is why I actually have to look up what the final score was. It was 12-7 is the final. You have the safety late, Clayton Thorson getting sacked in the end zone. Uh, Giants fall to the New York Jets. But like we spoke, like we were going to speak about, it, this is not about the score, Sean. It's what happened over the course of the game. And I guess we should start with this. Many of the Giants' full-time starters did not play in this game. I'm going to go through some of them. On offense, no Evan Ingram, no Daniel Jones, no Sterling Shepard. On defense, their two big defensive linemen, Dexter Lawrence, Leonard Williams, did not play. No Blake Martinez at linebacker. Lorenzo Carter still coming back from an injury. He didn't play in this game either. Their two starting corners, Adoree Jackson, James Bradbury, did not play. And then Logan Ryan did not play either, nor did Jabril Pepper. So, those are a lot of starters on that list here. And, you know, we had Joe Judge in a production meeting this morning. He basically said this is going to be the equivalent of what the old fourth preseason game used to be. And that's how we treated it in terms of playing his stars. Yeah, absolutely. Throw the score out. Throw the stats out. And as players, John, we used to always kind of say preseason games, they don't count, but they do matter. But yeah. mm -hmm. when you look at the, the game plan for this and what Joe Judge told everybody, hey, look, we're, we're, we're not going to play all, all of our starters. It's twofold. It's, number one, I want to protect those guys. We want to get them ready and ramp them up to be ready to start the season, and they're going to play a lot in the third preseason game. But it's really just to, to give experience to all the young guys on this team that are trying to make this roster or another roster. And I think when you look defensively, you know, really you just ran down the whole list. Basically their entire starting defense did not play tonight. And I think that showed you know, the Jets came out in, in the game tonight and – you know, marched down the field pretty much at will the first couple of possessions. Um, you know, and then there was – you kind of expect some of that. Offensively, I think, you know, no Daniel Jones. Um, you know, Shane Lemieux didn't play, but they're, they're trying to figure out an identity up front. Matt Parrott at right tackle. Will Hernandez going over from left guard to right guard. So certainly some new parts in there. And then Kenny Wiggins in at left guard. You know, I think that's something that they really wanted to try to start building some chemistry on. And, and offensively, you could see that it was just tough sledding from the get-go. There, there wasn't a, a lot of a lot of things clicking. Mike Lennon making the start, and you know, really the first three plays of the game were pass plays, and he got rocked on on two of the first three plays, which is something that you don't want to see. So, certainly a lot of things to clean up on that. You want to protect the quarterback. You want to protect the football. We saw Corey Clement put the ball on the ground. Um, when they got in the red zone on their second possession. So those are things that you definitely are going to have to clean up. Um, but I, I thought as the game went on and, and as the play kind of leveled out a little bit, I thought the Giants defensively had a couple of nice stops on a fourth and one. Uh, they had a nice stop on a third and one. Um, you know, And then things to work on for them is they need to do a better job of getting off the field on third and long. They gave up a third and 18 that resulted in a touchdown that I, I thought was the uh, – that, that was really the, the big blemish defensively Den, yeah. of the night. Denzel Milne was breaking about 13 tackles in a span of six yards. 
not what you want to see. No, it looked like a rugby scrum, you know, <laughs> and, the, and, and everybody was pushing forward. Nobody wanted to tackle him and get him down. And, and um, you know, that was right after a false start penalty that moved him back to third and 18. And then, of course, they yep. scored a couple of plays later, and it just looked like they ran out of gas defensively. No question about it. All right, let, let's break it down a little bit. That first drive, the Giants won the coin toss, got the ball to start the game. And you mentioned it. You know, one of the big things they were looking for in this game was – Good play by the offensive line, and unfortunately for the Giants, Kenny Wiggins got beat on one play, which I believe that's what led to an incomplete pass to Hikatini, and then a play later, Matt Parrott got beat around the edge, and that turned into a sack. Uh, we saw that improve a couple series later. They got better. Then again, I don't think the Jets' number one pass rushers were in the game anymore either, so that might have something to do with it. But when you're an offensive lineman, Sean, and, and you haven't played in a competitive game since last December, what is a game like this like when you're trying to take everything you've done in practice since the spring and bring it onto the football field, but it's just a completely uncontrolled, different type of environment that you've been playing with. Yeah, you're trying to knock the rust off from an individual standpoint and from a fundamental standpoint, but you're also, you know, you're going against a defense that is a, a different scheme, you know, different players, so they, they're going to do things differently. And an unfamiliar opponent, somebody that you really haven't watched film on, you're not really scouting for, you're not scheming for, so... I mean, it really kind of tests you from that standpoint. But I think, you know, what you want to do offensively is you you want to compete. You certainly want to protect the quarterback. Um, you know, the fact that the, the Giants, they, they clearly wanted to work on a lot of their shotgun passing game early on. So, you know, the, the Giants started out with, you know, three wide receiver, wide receiver personnel. And it wasn't, you know, hey, we're going to show up in an eye formation and just, you know, run power football. They, they were trying to get certain phases of the offense, uh, get some work done on that. But, you know, I, I think as an offensive lineman, I don't, I don't know that I ever walked out of a preseason game saying, oh, man, we, we look great. You know, <laughs> certainly not the first game. Yeah, I think it's just a really tough thing to do. And then, Sean, the next two drives, the Giants offense looked better. Uh, seven plays, 33 yards in the next drive. That was a punt. And then you had the drive where they got the ball all the way into the red zone, and that's when Corey Clement, to your point, had that fumble and the turnover. But, you know, David Sills on that drive, he had a big catch later. But in that drive, he drew a defensive pass interference penalty. It probably would have been a touchdown catch if the defender wasn't holding his left arm down. And it just is a continued strong performance for Sills, who's probably been the best and most consistent receiver other than Sterling Shepard in training camp and he had another monster day today and I think it was even better than what the numbers are going to show you at the end of the day just so we know what the numbers are uh, Sills finished this game he did lead the Giants in receiving three catches 49 yards including a nice 37 yard catch down the left sideline yeah I thought for David Sills you know he has been doing so well in practice and it's you know so many times you see a guy excel in practice and then all of a sudden he disappears in the game and so it was nice to see him still get that separation you mentioned that that catch that he almost had the one-handed catch that would have been a phenomenal touchdown catch if he would was able to haul that in um, and then he had a, a ball that he almost caught later on in the game that kind of got punched out by Corey Ballantyne and Look, if he makes those two catches right there by themselves, he's he has almost 100 yards, and he you know he's basically the MVP of the game. But I think when you look at at, at the production and the trust factor by the quarterbacks, you know they really like him, and he's already got a great relationship with Daniel Jones. We know that he spent a lot of time with him this offseason, but you know even Mike Glennon you know gave him some opportunities. Yeah. So it's nice to see him take advantage of the opportunities that he had with Kenny Galladay not playing, you know, nursing um, his way back onto the field with no Sterling Shepard, no Evan Ingram, as you mentioned. 
I thought he did a nice job tonight. Yeah, no question about it. And look, he's a guy, and you mentioned the word separation, right? We know he's big. He's 6'3". He's got a big wingspan. But not the fastest guy, at least according to the 40 watch that they had him on at the Combine. But for a guy that size, if you can get separation and you're that big, you're going to be a useful wide receiver in this league. Yeah, there's a couple ways to create separation, right? You could do it with speed, yep. with acceleration, with burst, and you can also kind of do it physically with your body. So he The old kinda, uh, Michael Irvin method, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> you, you de- he definitely uses those long arms well. He knows how to kind of create space with the defender by using his hands without getting called for the push-off. It's kind of like that dad that's got the great low post game. He just knows how to <laughs> use his body to kind of muscle his way in, into the paint and, and get a layup. No question about it. Uh, anything else on offense uh, really jump out at you that we haven't talked about? I, By the way, you know, you talked about Clement with the fumble. I should point out, I thought he actually ran the ball well. I thought he had some nice bursts. He hit the ball hard. He's someone that dealt with a lot of injuries in Philadelphia. I've liked what I've seen from him in, in practice, but as you know, running backs, practice, training camp, you really can't get a feel for the position. I thought he had some nice bursts on a lot of those runs today. Yeah, he really did a nice job getting vertical. And, and I thought, you know, there was a couple of plays. He ran a, a, a trap play um, early on in the game. And, and, I mean, he was into the second level on the defense immediately. So he was very decisive. Uh, he did not dance around. And, and I, I tell you, he packs a punch. You know, he, he brings a lot of power. So yeah. it was definitely good to see some of that. Um, I would have liked to have seen more Devontae Booker because I, I think he's got some really good vision. I think he has some nice patience. The Giants just they struggled to convert on third down, and that was really the thing that kind of hamstrung them all night was not being able to convert on third down. You can't keep the drive alive. You can't keep – you don't get a whole lot of rhythm. So um, I thought that was nice. And then at the end of the game, you know, for uh, for, for Plattsgummer to get that nice big run, um, I thought that was really cool to see uh, for them coming out on the one-yard line after it seemed like the Jets were pinning them down inside the 10 over and over again. But – for him to have that nice big run, I thought that was, you know, that was a nice boost. Yeah, I thought so too. And and we gotta, you know, you gotta give Sandro Platzgummer some credit, man. You know, he's a guy that was here all last year on the on the international, you know, uh, program. He wasn't a roster exemption. He still has that roster exemption this year. But look, he had the ball stuck on his own one yard line, and he pops a run for forty eight yards, biggest play of the game. Tip yeah. your cap to the kid. Yeah. Good for him. Did you so happy the bench was for him? Everybody erupted. Oh. Yeah, everybody was fired up for him. It, it, it kind of brought some energy to 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 the uh, to the sideline, certainly to the crowd. And um, you know, you, you you like to see that, and um, you know, you, you also like to see guys like Damian Willis get it, finding the yep. end zone. Mm-hmm. He had a nice play where he saw you know Thorson stepping up and kind of broke his route off and. And, uh, you know, was able to, to, to break free in the end zone for a touchdown. Hey, Giant fans, limited Giant season tickets are on sale now for the 2021 season. In addition to ticket savings, membership benefits include access to exclusive events, experiences, pre-sales, and more. You can lock in your seat starting at just 100 bucks. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash tickets for more information. All right, uh, defensively, real quickly, Sean, I thought the run defense, especially up the middle, was pretty good. Danny Shelton, I felt, was was kind of everywhere. Austin Johnson, I thought, made a couple of nice plays. And the Jets could not really create much space in the middle of that defensive front. Yeah, it, it was tough sledding in between the guards. You know, I thought the first couple of possessions, I thought the outside zone scheme, yeah. they, they, they did not do a very good job defending that. And, you know, you have to give credit to the Jets for, for how they blocked on the perimeter. Um, you know, I, I think also defensively, you're used to going against your own team, and they have different schemes, different ways that they block things. So it took the, the Giants' defense a little while to kind of focus their eyes and read their keys 
and and not lose that gap integrity. But um, defensively, certainly, there, I mean, there was a lot to a lot to look at. I thought Carter Coughlin made some nice plays. Yeah. Um, he's a guy that's kind of changing position a little bit. He's playing off the ball a little bit more in space. So inside, yeah, he, he looked a little more comfortable as the game went along. I thought Rodarius Williams. He, I mean, just, I mean, I don't think anybody was more active than him tonight. He was all over the place. He was now, on the outside. He was in the slot. Back, maybe you don't want to be involved in so many plays because that means guys are getting passes completed in front of you. But yes, yeah. he was active. Yeah, he was. In, you know, <laughs> he, he was definitely active, and he and he had the scoop. You know, he picked up the fumble, yep. had the return. I think he's going to be kicking himself all the way home tonight, and certainly tomorrow when they watch the film because. He made a nice move dodging the quarterback on the return, and then he just kind of tripped over nothing. So he's definitely going to catch some heat for that. Um, I thought Afedi Odenabo did a nice job. You know, he's kind of playing a little different position than what he played uh, with Minnesota uh, early on in his career. Um, he, he played some, had some nice flashes. Raymond Johnson the third, I thought he played with some power uh, tonight as well, and he, he showed some. Some, some good strength a couple of different times. I watched him put Dan Feeney, their left guard, on, on his keister on, on one bull rush. Uh, so I, th- I think that's somebody to keep an eye out on. Um, T.J. Brunson had a forced fumble in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Brunson did a nice job. Uh, hopefully he's okay. Reggie Raglan, you know, who, who started at Mike Linebacker with Blake Martinez having the night off, you know, I tell you, he, he did a nice job coming downhill, which you know he can defend the run. Um, you know he was he was adequate in pass coverage. He had a, he had a couple of uh, of nice tackles in in the passing game. You know the secondary was not one of the starters played tonight. So Julian Love kind of took over that whole you know the vocal aspect of it, the communication aspect of it. Love and McKinney were the two starting safeties. Right. Yep. And you know I thought they did a good job having everybody on the same page. And then you could kind of see after they came out of the game was a little bit different. Darnay Holmes had a nice pass breakup early on in the game. So there was definitely uh, some things that, that happened. Madre Harper um, ha- had a couple of nice plays. Uh, he almost had an interception, almost had a one-handed interception. Yeah. So there was some good competition there. Um, you know, And then I think special teams-wise, there was a lot of things to build on. And Riley Dixon had a phenomenal night. Um, when you look at, at, at what he did in the punting game, and Matt Cole certainly helped him out with downing that punt down there on the four-yard line, I think it was. And he's a guy, by the way, that Joe Judge mentioned to us today that they were looking for him to make special teams play. If he's going to make this roster, it's going to be because he's an a special teamer. Yeah. And that yeah. was a play. And he showed up um, not just on that punt team, but he was, you know, he also, he was on the punt return team yeah. um, working in the vice, as you call it, uh, working against the gunners. So, uh, you know, that, that, that was that was good to see him do that. And injuries we don't know about. Kyle Murphy left the field. You mentioned Brunson. Clayton Thorson was banged up at the end of the game. Hickatini, I think he was a hip, right, if I remember right. He had to leave the game, didn't return. So just stuff to keep an eye on as we move forward. We don't have word on those injuries yet. Uh, but it's something that we do have to keep an eye on, especially on the interior offensive line. The Giants have had a bunch of injuries there. Ted Larson, a longtime veteran, was, was brought in today. Sean, and, and I guess this will be the last question on this game. You look at the interior at this offensive line, you know, Shane Lemieux hopefully will be back this week for Cleveland to play the next preseason game. But what's your level, maybe concerns the wrong word, but what are you thinking about when you see all the veteran depth that you brought in at different times this offseason slowly get thinner and thinner and thinner? Well, John, I felt a lot better about it about 10 days ago before <laughs> guys started retiring <laughs> left and right. Um, you know, I thought when Joe Looney was there and you know, with Zach Fulton, 
I, I thought they had some really quality experience, and and I thought those guys were going to really push some of the starters. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and then with both of those guys out, and then with Kyle Murphy uh, getting hurt tonight, that definitely impacts them. So Ted Larson signing is big. Ted's Ted's been a really solid player. Uh, throughout his career, he can play both guard positions. He can play center, so he's absolutely a valuable guy. Um, you know, I think this offensive line will look different with Shane uh, Lemieux back in the lineup and with Nate Solder as well, who yeah. didn't play tonight. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if Nate ends up being the starter and Matt Parrott is is the swing tackle, um, I think you feel good about your three tackles at that position. If it ends up sure. being Matt Parrott the starter and Solder as the swing tackle, I think you feel really good about him coming in off the bench to play either left or right tackle. So. That definitely helps. Um, Andrew Thomas, by the way, had a quiet night tonight, which for a left tackle is a very good thing. If yes. you don't notice left tackle, that's good. Yeah, yeah. If they don't call your name <laughs> yeah, for anything, correct. you're doing your you're, you're doing your job. I did notice on, on on at least one of the plays. I mean, he eliminated the defensive end, and and I thought that um, you know he's poised to have a a pretty big year. So they they definitely need to stay healthy. But I think things will obviously look a lot different in the second game against the Browns. Of course, they're going to have some joint practices with them leading up to the game, so that should help everybody. Hey, don't miss it on your chance to experience a premier hospitality experience watching Giant games and world-class concerts in 2021 as a Giant suite partner. Limited full-season locations are available or place a deposit for individual games. Call 888-NYG-1925 or visit Giants.com slash suites for more information. Well, talk to me about the joint practices now as we wrap up here. What's the value for a player, and especially you know, you can even focus on the offensive line. I mean, Miles Garrett, I mean, dude's good. I mean, you got a lot, of, a lot of good players on that defensive front for the Browns. What's the value for the line and for the team in general to have these joint practices leading up to a preseason game? Yeah, I think the joint practices are are, are really good for both teams, especially when you think about the fact that you're losing a preseason game. So this is this is great to evaluate yourself as an individual against an unfamiliar opponent. Um, the competition, obviously, your juices get flown a little bit when you're practicing against um, another team. So sure. things are, are faster. And, you know, I think when you're doing the, the one-on-one drills, you start to notice tendencies with your own teammates. And you know, I, I know what this guy likes to do. I know the get-off. I know how to handle it. And you, you, you throw that element, element out the window when you're doing a joint practice. So as long as there aren't too many scrums, there aren't too many fights, um, you know, you can you can find a way to work well together, but it, it's really good to evaluate how do players adjust in the middle of the game or in the middle of the practice. How do they adjust to a new scheme or something that they're seeing? Does their football intelligence show up in that capacity? In that, can they adjust without being coached, without being told, "Hey, here's how you're going to handle that." So, and I know that's something coaches are always looking at. All right, so finally, I'm going to have an off-air conversation on the air with you here. I'm going to be at those joint practices for two days in Cleveland. Where should I have my binoculars focused? What should I be watching as, as we head into that second preseason game? You tell me, Sean. Well, you mentioned Miles Garrett, um, you know, and, and if he's playing, I think that's a great test for, for, for the tackles, you know, depending on whatever side he ends up being on. Um, I, I think, you know, for this Giants secondary, this is going to be fun to watch them match up. Yeah. You know, if Odell Beckham is healthy and if he's available to play, um, and Jarvis Landry. Even you know, Donovan Peoples-Jones is a tough perimeter cover out there, man. Yeah, these. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be some good work. You're, you're going to get some of the best and most explosive players. Um, and, and then from a running back standpoint, Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is going to be good work, you know. I, and, I, and I think Kareem Hunt, as a receiver out of the backfield, he is a weapon. So you're going to find out what linebackers can cover and what safeties can we count on 
um, you know, that, that will be something to watch. And then certainly for the game, you know, tackling is such a big part of this game. And, yeah. you know, last year with no preseason games, the first two weeks of the season were so sloppy because teams just had not been practicing live tackling drills against themselves. So uh, that, that, that'll be a big point of emphasis, um, you know. And then and then I think, you know, when, when you look at, at, at this Browns defense, you know, the, you're going to see a little more pressure than they saw tonight from the Jets. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to need to protect the quarterback. Obviously, by the way, just for the record, Miles Garrett, Malik Jackson, Jadavian Clowney, Andrew Billings, all good players. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that's that, that's definitely. Takaris McKinley off the bench, right by there. the way, he was a starter for a long time. Yeah, attacked down in Atlanta yeah. for a long time. Um, you know, there's going to be some exotic looks too, and and they're going to test your one on one, your one on one pass blocking ability. So uh, th- that'll be a good challenge, and and you know, certainly for Daniel Jones, to to you know, have that control and have that command and make sure that he's picked up. You know, the one thing we saw tonight, we saw Alfred Morris, uh, you know, kind of get lost in in blitz pickup, and that's something that you can't do. Yeah. Finally, I'll just throw this out there too. Very young secondary, but talented for Cleveland. Denzel Ward, Gritty Williams, who's Rodarius Williams' younger brother, even though he got into the league two years before Rodarius did, which is funny. Greg Newsom, who was a first-round pick, he's a heck of a player. And then you have Grant Delpit, who had the Achilles injury last year. Did he pop his Achilles or ACL? I forget, one or the other. And then they signed John Johnson. Ronnie Harrison was a high draft pick from Alabama. So a big challenge for the Giants wide receivers, too. As this Giants offense, Sean... This is when you want to see it to you know start rolling a little bit, right? You want to see some continuity. You want to see some consistency from these starters. Yeah, no doubt about it. I think the explosive plays is what everybody's looking forward sure. to seeing come to fruition. You know, and but before the explosive plays happen, you have to not beat yourself. And and I think that's where the Giants just offensively need to make sure they eliminate all the bad football, eliminate the mental errors, eliminate the you know shooting yourself in the foot. Um, but I think that that's, that's something that you expect to see a much better job of in the second game. Sean, we look forward to it, and we'll see you back on the, or hear you back on the radio for the Giants' third preseason game against the Patriots in a couple of weeks. Good yes. stuff. Thanks, John. For Sean O'Hara, I'm John Schmelk. That's another episode of the Giants Little Podcast. We're off to Cleveland, and we'll have coverage from there as the Giants do the joint practices starting on Thursday. We'll be flying out on Wednesday. Of course, stay tuned to Big Blue Kickoff Live, which will be live all week at 11 o'clock right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. For Sean, I'm Schmelk. We'll see you next time on the Giants Huddle.